0: episode of that's from Corey's here with me we're Hello. very excited because we watch so many holiday movies i have watched more holiday movies in this year than probably my whole life combined i don't know that might be a little bit that might be exaggerating a little bit
1: but she I watched, watched like movies. all the holiday movies she watched more <laughs> than i did and that's saying something because normally i'm the holiday movie monster
0: honestly though but as some of you might have been seeing me tweet about them this year's movie offerings are the most diverse movie offerings that we have ever seen as far as your stereotypical hallmark lifetime cheesy rom-com boy meets girl but this time it's boy meets boy girl meets girl everyone's living their best life so we figured why not just talk about some of the movies we watched and you know if we were to ever have a Muslim holiday movie, what that might turn out to be like, because in 2036, Ramadan is, in fact, during the holiday. So Hallmark, if you're listening, you got to hire me now at that point in time so we can make the best movie ever. <laughs> It'll be great if we're It'll still be alive. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. Inshallah. Um, so I guess we'll just go ahead and get started because, I mean, that's why you all are here. Uh, We have some quick mentions. We have some movies that have some really inclusive casting. We have a whole section about gay plots. And then we've also got a section about just movies you should look out for. So um, we'll go ahead and get started with Happiest Season because Haram, we need to just put that back. Corey wrote a wonderful review about some of her concerns about the film. And I just want to add that while I think it's commendable to have just as shitty gay movies as the straights, maybe not as shitty as this one that's just me personally
1: okay so i mentioned that sahara was watching a lion's share of the films we're talking about today and that was partially in in return for me biting the bullet and watching happiest season (laughs) and honestly i really wish we'd have gone the other way because this movie to me is just like it's that bad there are so many things i have against this film And I don't even think they maliciously sent out to make a bad film. I'm just like, how with all of the people in this film? And again, Kristen Stewart even told Clea Duvall in an interview, by the way, Kristen Stewart needs to stop supporting Woody Allen. Moving on. (laughs) Um, She was even like, so am I supposed to like her? or Am I supposed to hate her? And I guess Clea Duvall was like, no, she's doing terrible things. You're supposed to hate her. I'm like, Well, that's nice. I like that the director realizes what she's doing is shitty, but I don't under... Spoiler alert. I don't understand why we're supposed to magically forgive her in a little big gesture at the end where she's like, I tracked you on your phone. Like, that's not creepy at all. Please come back with me. I've been shitty, but I will spend the rest of my life making it up to you. Well, guess what? You didn't show us enough in the film of her being anything but shitty, so I don't know why... Harper deserves another chance. Like, go go be with Riley, Abby. Go be with Riley. Go be happy. Well, no, don't go be with Riley because we don't want to do that weird, like incestuous ex thing. But like well, there's only
0: so many lesbians in the world in the same place. But I will add that I think, and that's why I kind of made the joke earlier. Like, there are plenty of rom-coms that are really awful because the tropes are problematic or sexist or fill in the blank. And I think what happened with this film is like somewhere along the way when it came down to editing. I think partly because, quick backstory, as some of you might know, this year, like there wasn't this actual cohesive plan necessarily from all of these networks to just be more inclusive all of a sudden. It kind of just came to a storm at the beginning of the year when Hallmark CEO got fired and then all the stuff changed and then Lifetime took it as an example of like, oh, wait a second, we can fight Hallmark for more viewers, which, hey that's how you make more inclusive movies because you want more viewers, so whatever, I'll take it. And I think Hulu's marketing team and everyone involved in the movie was like, oh, this is the first time that the rom-com is about two women. But by making the plot be about a closeted woman who never told her partner that she hasn't told her family that, immediately She makes didn't never movie- tell her. She lied to her
1: that she yes. told them. And then yes. did not tell her until they were almost there in the car and be like, oh, you have to be in the closet again. Right, as opposed to, hey,
0: by the way, this whole time that we've been dating, you know that this is the case and you still chose to date me because that is something that happens in real life. And, and unfortunately, this, the thing that happened in the movie also happens, but it shouldn't. Like, don't put people back in the closet and both partners or more people in relationships need to be upfront with each other about what they're expecting because being put back in the closet sucks. And there yeah. are people who have fulfilling relationships where one or both are not out to the families because they've made that choice together this is not that movie. Instead, you have everything that Corey wrote about. You have the really weird ableism about the maybe autistic slash neo-divergent sister. You have the weird, the only people of color in this movie are the Black people who married in and like are cheating, question mark, and not written as fully developed people because why would we ever do such a thing? And I'm just like, you could have bypassed all of that and you could have made instead a clearer movie about hey, my parents don't know about me yet, but I'm really excited to tell them. And after I tell them, I want you to come and spend Christmas with me. That would have been a cute movie. But instead you've got all of the weirdness. And also Victor Garber was there to be a straight dad for some reason. Victor Garber, you have so much talent. What are you doing with your time in life? (laughs) (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) So that is our (laughs) short short version of the happiest season rant because I think if both of us had seen it, well, we would be here for an hour and no one needs to hear us rant about one movie for an hour, even happier season.
1: Moving on to a slightly happier time because this is also one I watched, the Dolly Parton Christmas special with Christine. <laughs> I might mean, I'm going to love it because it's Dolly Parton. It's, is it the best Dolly Parton movie? No, but it's Dolly Parton and Dolly Parton makes me happy. So I like it. That's all I have to say about it. Dolly Parton is one of the few people, slash singers, slash entertainment entities in this hellscape year that still brings me joy. So I'm going to Marie Kondo and keep her.
0: Parton's <laughs> great. She sang like 12 or some ridiculous number of original songs for this film and also saved like a six year old during filming. You no, know, so. it was
1: a nine year old. Nine year old, sorry. Uh, yeah, who I guess she was going back to shoot and she didn't realize she'd walked out in front of a oncoming car and Dolly Parton just yoinked her back to safety
0: oh my gosh they should have put that in the film just for the heck of it
1: I'm sure if they thought they could get away with it and they'd had it filmed they might but (laughs) you know there probably weren't any cameras on her that's true um no I mean
0: it's just like your basic Christian Christmas story it's a good time there's a Scrooge character yada yada it's on Netflix live your best life um switching holidays for a second so Hallmark made its first ever Hanukkah movie that actually had Hanukkah in the title. And they really tried. But um, as someone who isn't Jewish and also not trying to speak over all Jewish viewers, this movie really went hard on the, the way you know you're Jewish is by DNA. And while there are people who do in fact get their DNA test results back from those companies that you shouldn't be giving your DNA to, and they're told that they have Jewish background or ancestry or whatnot... And they go on a journey about figuring out oh that's really interesting i wonder who in my background is jewish yada yada this whole film pretended that one jewish people don't know how christmas works even though we live in the u.s so everybody and their mother knows how christmas works which is why i watch so many of these damn movies because i mean i'm surrounded by christmas i'm literally in the south anyways um the romance also was kind of just not really a thing like i can't really take ben savage as a romantic lead character seriously and, and Mia Kirshner made some interesting choices, because is she 25 or 45, as some of the folks I was seeing tweet about it were talking about. Overall, I think the, per- the premise was cute. Like I have found out that it turns out that this family that lives next to me and is related to me is related to me because this mo- woman is actually my biological mother. So there's some interesting you know, blood ties versus adoption ties. There's a lot happening there that could deserve 2,000 word essays. But overall, I really just need Hallmark to make a Hanukkah film that is about Hanukkah. Because if you're going to do the whole interfaith thing, don't make it so weird. And also, you can't pretend that everybody and their mom who is Jewish also decorates their house. Like people decorate their house for Christmas. That's not... It was just a lot. I would not recommend this film. But I do commend Hallmark for getting over the hump of having movies with Hanukkah in the name. Let's just hope that next year, because they've got a Black woman in charge of development now who was really excited about actually developing stories by and for people of different backgrounds, it'll be better. Because I've watched the movie and just was like, wow, I can't believe this is happening right now. To be fair, Saturday and Sunday, I watched two and three movies respectively at the same time. So it was already an experience.
1: That's 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 all I got. (laughs) Um, moving on um, from the quick mentions, uh, we did want to talk about like there, as far as holiday movies go, normally, one of the main jokes is that you know they are for a very long time, it's been very uh, mayo flavored and colored and uh, exceedingly white. <laughs> and this year, I think, like more than any I can remember, there's just been so much diversity. And I'm not even talking about like, oh, we have a black lead. Everything's fine. I mean, like multiple characters within just one of the specials. Mm -hmm. So I I do think that's to be commended. And I do want to see that trend grow. But with that in mind, we actually are going to touch on some of these. That came out this year. And I'll go ahead and start because one of the ones I watched was Jingle Jangle. Um, That that one came out earlier, uh, kind of along with the Dolly Parton. And that one is also a musical. And it is just whimsical and delightful. And if you have kids, I think they would be very entertained watching it. It's very wholesome. And I, I personally, I'm like, I could have done without the musical numbers. I don't think it's the strong suit. But it's just so freaking charming. Like that that's really I can't all want. be mad at it. It's just so freaking charming and earnest and wholesome. I'm like, you could plunk the whole family down and watch this, no problem.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited too. The only reason I haven't gotten around to it is because I watch so many other films. And you can only watch so many of these in a row before your brain truly like as someone who doesn't regularly watch them, like the Hallmark fair that I usually watch, funnily enough, is actually the wedding stuff. I have many times in my past, and by many I mean three times in my past, have sat down for a summer and watched all of their wedding movies because I they think they're hilariously cheesy and great and, like, sometimes you just want to watch some people do some silly things when they have a meet cute. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's cool. But Jingle Jingle, I think, is a commendable one because it's a predominantly Black cast and it's all about this toy maker and I think there's just a lot of layers there that make it really, for those people who really do love Christmas films, like, this is a perfect Christmas film because it's about that holiday, um, atmosphere and it's just also really cute because like who doesn't love family members figuring things out and working together to solve a problem so it gives that added level of complexity though at the same time for a movie that is supposed to be a holiday movie there's like 63 things happening so it'll be fun for me to watch it because then I'll be like I know what all those things are now instead of just seeing Netflix tweet me a thousand things because they promote all their tweets so much um which leads us into the next one that was also this past weekend and was super, super, super cute. So Lifetime had their first ever show, predom- show, movie predominantly with the East Asian Chinese cast. So A Sugar and Spice Holiday was about a Chinese architect who goes home. It's been a few years since her beloved grandmother, who was the town's like favorite baker. Of course, like that small town, everybody in your mom knows your grandma. Um she had passed away, but they're trying to win this baking competition to save money for their community center. And of course, who else is she going to run into except for her high school friend slash crush? And all of the drama ensues. But what I really enjoyed about this film, and I actually remember messaging Corey being like, wait, there's another Indian person. There's another Black person. And it sounds really weird out of context because it just sounds like I'm counting people of color and I promise it's not what's happening. But I genuinely was surprised because, of course, all of the press releases were this movie's going to have a Chinese cast and it's going to be really cute and wonderful and great. But then you actually watch the film and the baking rivals are these really hilarious black twins who are actually developed beyond just being black twins. And you've got this really adorable, um, her sister-in-law is another Indian woman, I think. Don't quote me on that. But it was just really nice to see like a truly inclusive cast that wasn't just, here's this cast being led by this group. And Steve Ma who has played a dad a gazillion times, had a Southern accent because he learned English from Johnny Cash within the film's context, but their family lives in Maine. So it makes absolutely no sense. And is one of those wonderful, hilarious character plot points that I just love seeing in films. And also, unlike any other film that I've seen, they had these really cute on-screen drawings of the different types of cookies or sweets that the main character thought her fit like friends represented. And I just thought that was a cute touch because it's about a baking competition. So if you have access, definitely watch it. I'm really excited to see more of it. And Jackie Lai is just a wonderful lead actress and I hope that she gets more work because she is so fun to watch. Oh, and, and she keeps the job <sighs> because one of the other things that I got really frustrated about and will come up later, everybody and their mother gets a promotion and then has to turn it down because they want to move back to their small town in the middle of, I was about to curse, nowhere. And I'm like, you could have a long distance relationship. Phones exist in 2020. And she was like, no, my job is important to me. And the guy was like, I guess I'm moving with you, which still is a long distance, but at least she kept her job. So I was pretty excited about that. It's a little things in life.
1: <laughs> moving on. Because I, we were supposed to have time limits on how we talk, on how long we got to talk about all of these. Sorry. And the hair apparently had a lot to say. Um, there's also uh, Christmas Ever After, which is the first uh, film featuring a visibly disabled lead actress. I, I don't want to say the first disabled lead actress because that's an entirely different can of worms and there are things called invisible disabilities. But yes, um, it's the first visibly disabled actress who is also um, in a wheelchair. And I did catch most of this one. <laughs> the hair and i are probably gonna have differing opinions and i'm gonna feel like a terrible person for saying this
0: well you go first then
1: i like the concept i love that it exists i'm just not i was not buying the lead actress <laughs>
0: i actually was gonna say something similar we are on the same page i think So here's, okay, so here's the background. The whole premise is romance novelist, which I just think is funny because right now, if anyone's been paying attention, Romance Landia on Twitter has been living their best life because they raised a gazillion dollars for the Georgia Senate runoffs because of course we're in the US, so my Twitter is US-based, whatever. But she's a romance novelist. She needs to finish her newest book. Her agent is like, hello, your book is due. Where's the ending? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, I'm going to get to it after I go visit this um, bed and breakfast that i've always gone to for christmas because my family's in florida whatever and she needs to figure out how to end her book and of course here we go the guy that she runs into with her car almost which hey this was really cool i loved that they showed a disabled actress and character driving because guess what those that does happen it exists yeah a that. um the guy she runs into looks just like the guy on her cover for her book series Long story short, spoiler alert, I doubt you guys care. It turns out that his dead, because of course there has to be a dead person involved, his dead uh, wife was the artist on the drawing because she based it off of him and so she brought them together. My dilemma was, it was really cute in that like the premise is really cute and I really appreciated it. The premise having- is stretching
1: it a little bit for me, but that that well, twist there, I, I did eye roll just a little bit because I'm like, this is stretching it.
0: Well- for me it's more about the fact that like here's the thing disabled lead we've got a really fully accessible city and and everything's accessible because they wanted to show viewers what true accessibility could be like which i'm Mm -hmm. all for same but i just don't feel like the two had any real chemistry yeah and so the whole point of these movies is as as similar as all the white men look and for a really long time as similar as all of the white women looked like they have some level of chemistry. Otherwise, you can't deal with the fact that it's the story makes no sense, because let's be real. How many people actually go home to a small town and end up leaving their big fancy job in the city? I don't know. It's probably not that many. How many people... Marry someone who has a dead parent in their background when they're like 30. I don't know. It's probably not that many either. Statistically, that just seems really wild. Even if you are unfortunate and have lost your parents early I
1: I do want to make it very clear. We are not saying that disabled women are non-sexual or not sexually desirable.
0: Oh my gosh,
1: no. Um, I want to make that very clear. That's not what we're saying. I would say the same thing about at least two Candace Cameron Veret Hallmark movies and three different Lacey Chabert Hallmark movies. And I think one Alicia Witt Hallmark movie as well. That it's just sometimes the chemi- chemistry is not there. Yeah. It's just but not there. And that's I all this say, is. That's all we're saying is like the chemistry is just not there for us.
0: She was super cute with the guy's daughter. And I think her chemistry with all the other characters was perfect. So it's really sad because I think the cast as a whole did meld very well. But just her with the lead guy. The, which just, is really sad because, like, the premise, yes, it's a stretchy... Pre- it's a stretchy... Pre- that's weird. It's stretching the premise. There we go. I can speak English. It's not a that strong episode until I mess up my words. Um, but it's just or like, the
1: ice cream truck goes by.
0: Which it did already. So I guess that's true. That was
1: not the ice cream truck... <laughs> Didn't it go by earlier? Did no, I- that was the grocery <laughs> truck. Oh, God. How many trucks do you have? <laughs> Four. You haven't even heard the pizza truck.
0: <laughs> Anyways. Long story short, really loved the premise of the movie generally. I really loved the actress. Like, Ali's great and really talented. I just didn't feel like they had that much chemistry. So at the end, when they finally got together, I was like, man. However, I will say something that I really love about the Lifetime films is that after the post-kiss scene, there is more, so you get to have an idea of like what happens after. I don't know mm-hmm. if other Hallmark and Lifetime viewers feel the same way, but I am always annoyed that it just ends in black. So her getting to go on a book tour was really cute, and he went with her, which I thought was adorable. And um, Sugar and Spice Holiday also had a really fun post-kiss credit scene—I guess you can call it.
1: Where they I came would back like to see Australia. her in another one, just with yes. maybe a different actor. I would like to see her be one of their rotational regulars. Just with a different actor that they click with a little bit better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's Christmas Ever After. Um, If any of you watch it and disagree, let us know. But we were just kind of like, and I could have also just been the fact that I'd watched a billion of these. So maybe my brain was like, you're done. But moving on. Speaking of inclusive cast, I don't really know how much more we can say about this film because let's be real, we have talked this up. It is one of my favorite films, A New York Christmas Wedding, which I reviewed already. We will have a link. And also, keep your eyes out, I have an interview with New Coming out belief. the same
1: day this episode drops. So if you're yes. listening to this on Thursday, uh, stay tuned a little bit later in the day. We are going to drop an interview where Sahar got an really really nice uh time with uh the lead actress it was great she was great if you
0: watch the movie and have any interest in it you should read it because it was really cool and also more importantly the reason why we're bringing this movie up is because it was about an afro latina character getting to decide whether or not she wants to continue the life that she currently has or if she does things a little bit differently, getting to have the life with her best friend, who's another woman that she clearly loved, but things in the original timeline didn't quite work out. It's almost like if Barry Allen didn't screw up something for once.
1: Also, also, I mean, there's some bonkers twists in there. I know I said Christmas yes. Ever After had one. This one also has some bonkers twists. So it may or may not be to your taste. I personally, I'm just like, I'll roll with it because I'm already invested um but it's cute and you can really tell the people who made this like they made it on a shoestring budget this is really an underdog story yes Um, they made it on a shoestring budget I know they had to ask I think what was it over 10 churches before they finally even found a church that would let them film
0: yes because the churches were fine with them filming except for the wedding scene because spoiler alert they do get get married um and also what's really interesting about this film is that the time that they were filming it last year, there was talk, I read it in one of the interviews and of course I can't find it. There was talk of this maybe ending up as a Hallmark Lifetime like acquisition, which clearly didn't happen. But I think all the better because now it's on Netflix, so way more people are going to get to see it. And mm-hmm. I really hope that we get to see more films like this because I do think the whole idea of twists in these films can really be frustrating for certain viewers but I also watched a movie which I won't get into too long um called Christmas Comes Twice where literally she went back in time five years and that's the thing that happens in these movies too all the time so right you know pick a twist any twist live your best life kind of situation but also
1: again like it's just the film itself has a feel-good ending they got picked up by Netflix so many more people can watch it and it's Really, the cast and crew just you can tell there is a lot of passion in this project and it really mm-hmm. meant something for them to make it, which I think comes through in the film. Absolutely. Also, watch all the credits. I know yes. it kind of like there there are post-credit scenes and it's about midway through the credits, so you have to watch a little bit, but make sure you uh go to that because they're a delightful surprise. Yes. Absolutely. Which let's into our next
0: section Pass me we did a great job with this outline because i didn't think about this but the section about all the films that just happened to be gay this year <laughs> i watched so much content for this section um long story short hallmark and lifetime definitely were like competing behind in the background because one of them was like we got to it first another one was like well now we did this blah 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 long story short Hallmark gave us Christmas house where the gay characters are married and working on adopting children. They're not the main leads, but they're the secondary leads. So Hallmark gets one thumbs down because you didn't make them the main leads, but it was cute. It was your usual assimilation, you know, like whatever. But I will say for those of you who watch these films, you know that Hallmark movies and lifetime movies for the holidays usually only have one kiss. This movie had six damn kisses. I was like, okay, is this going to stop the social during COVID? They must have used a lot of plexiglass or people who they're married to, or maybe they used the dolls like the soap operas did. I don't know. There was a lot of it. But overall, it was cute. So, you know, we'll see if they do more like that. Corey, did you end up getting to see this one? I can't remember. No. Okay.
1: This is all on you.
0: <laughs> well, on that case, then I'll go no right to the next it. <laughs> no pressure, she says. Um, Okay, speaking of Hanukkah, you would think that Fran Jesher might end up in a different movie. No, she was in the Christmas setup where she plays this mom named Kate who literally sets up her son and this other guy that lives in her small town. Again, small town. I don't think a single one of these was not set in a small town. Um, Well, except a New York Christmas wedding, clearly, because that's in the title. Anyways, uh, she sets up her son. It was all right. They're married in real life, which I thought was really cute, but their on-screen chemistry was kind of meh because they were probably kind of stressed. I will say that uh, the main character in this one, Ben Lewis, who played Oliver Queen's son on Arrow, was his name also Ben? I think it might have been, actually, um, had an Asian best friend. And the reason I bring that up is because the next movie on this list is called Dashing in December, and it was from Paramount. Because apparently Paramount makes holiday movies. You learn something new every single day, y'all. And um, this one was guy comes from Big City to his mother's ranch that they're going to sell because, of course, they can't afford it anymore. And then he falls in love with the ranch hand who is Latino, which was pretty cool. But he's really snobby and awful. And his best friend slash ex-girlfriend is a black woman. And I was like, there's a lot happening here with this whole white male, gay male and East Asian slash black woman of color best friend. like there's a lot going on and I am intrigued to see if that's going to be a new pattern because that sh- necessarily shouldn't be and there's a lot happening there that I don't have time to fully unpack but I thought it was interesting and the movie itself was actually very entertaining and I thought the conflict in it was way more enjoyable than the conflict and happiest season because spoiler alert towards the end you always got to have that little like oh no are they going to actually get together or not even though we all know they're going to get together because otherwise why are you watching this the main character at dinner tells everyone that they're in hibernation and reels off this list of all of the bad, like problems in their lives and then goes, I'm not the one with problems. And of course the audience is like, dude, you jerk face, you are the problem. But then he fixes it. I enjoyed that because it was very realistic and the problems he cited were in fact concerns but maybe don't do that at dinner before you leave and you know, break the heart of the guy that Totally is into you. And they had a cute little like Western dance scene with the boots and it was adorable. I don't know that I would have necessarily like watched it outside of wanting to watch it for this podcast, if that makes sense. But it was cute and probably more accessible than the homework and my 10 films. So if you're looking for something that's quick, easy, entertaining, dashing in December is a good one.
1: Corey, Up anything next. to add? No, we're gonna move <laughs> okay. on because we have time limit. We said we were gonna stick to time limits um Christmas with the Darlings I did catch this one um Katrina Law stars in that I believe did I get think of Arrow
0: alums yeah
1: yeah um and she she's an alum for Hallmark movies she I think this is like maybe her third or fourth one that she's done with them and um Sahara and I both thought this one was rather cute because she's got a lesbian best friend and she's not just oh, I'm going to say you're a lesbian, and I'm going to say maybe one sentence about you're a lesbian, and then we're going to go on and never mention it again. But like, the actual subplot is like, I'm trying to hook my best friend up with another lady.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's super cute. Oh, and that totally reminded me that I forgot that in Christmas Ever After, the guy's sister is also married and has kids so like again with the whole all gays are like the rest of us with children which isn't necessarily a bad thing but you know some people make their own families and it's not in that specific way so maybe we'll get a family found family film at some point but but there, there are some families the- that
1: are like that so it's good to see them too
0: yes exactly we want all of it it's like the wonderful ad why not both yeah. The tacos that's that's what i want right like These movies are not necessarily going to change the world, but I think when you have literal millions of viewers and Hallmark and Lifetime during the holiday season that have the most views outside of sports, I think it's important to be truly diversifying what you show in Mm -hmm. ways where it doesn't feel pithy or like we check the box. And I will say overall, I think something that's really important is that the Hallmark and Lifetime films were were written by, like um, Sugar and Spice Holiday written, directed, produced all by Asian women, right? Which I think is really cool. And all of these gay films had gay people on the writing team, production team, directing team. And in fact, Lifetime straight up was like, we're not going to do it unless we do it that way, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. So I think that's cool. And hopefully that broadens the horizons for what other kinds of things we might see for the holidays, where maybe the movie isn't a rom-com. Maybe it's just like a family coming together or you know, just expanding the genre a little bit. and and tweaking how you can play with that
1: right and again like i said with christmas with the darlings i've seen hallmark movies where they've technically had a lesbian character but it's just like oh her sister's a lesbian they mention her having a date in one sentence and that's it that's all the Mm -hmm. representation is so exactly this is actually like some pretty significant progress for hallmark of like no, she's a significant, like she's her best friend and she's a significant part of the film and the main character is actively invested in her love right. life. Right. And I will say too, for
0: Hallmark, they did kind of trial, if this, that makes sense, this approach where one of the movies, um, wedding every weekend, because the characters had to go to a wedding every weekend for a month, I would actually be so exhausted. That idea just makes me want to cry. Also during COVID, could you even imagine... For Zoom weddings, anyways, I'm getting sidetracked. As always, thinking about ice cream. What else is new?
1: No, um, <laughs> oh, now it's a that's haram. It's a that's haram <laughs> episode officially. Now Sahar so went off about ice cream.
0: <laughs> um, I only mentioned the word. Anyways, see, now you always cause more chaos. Always, what I wanted to say though is they have one of the weddings with two women, and considering the whole reason the controversy started was because they canceled the Zul ad with the two women, I thought it was an interesting way to kind of bring that all back together and be like by the way guess what winter we're gonna be more inclusive and have way more leads of color black women asian women you know all kinds of women people from different backgrounds there we go um and then another film actually on lifetime similar thing where i caught the end of it preparing to watch multiple multiple movies at one time on my computer christmas she wrote with dana McKellar, who we all love in this house Ah, oh, she's so great. I want to just know her. She's so cool and awesome. Anyways, I'm getting distracted by how cool she is. There was a gay couple in that that are like kind of getting to know each other, which I thought was cool. And a South Asian woman wearing a full-on red salwar kameez in one of the scenes, which like it's one thing to be like, this movie's inclusive, but to actually see cultural garb that isn't quote American, I thought was really interesting. And now I need to find the movie to figure out what her role is because I think she's a main But I I don't know, like, what her actual, like, point is in the film. So I just thought it was really cool to be like, oh, my gosh, there's an auntie wearing a really pretty solar Rekhambi's. And it's red because it has to be for Christmas. (laughs) Um, So with all of the Christmas slash one Hanukkah movie done, we have two other movies we wanted to briefly touch on because one is out, one is coming out. And um, one of them is called I Hate New Year's, which is from an indie company called Tello Films. You might recognize them because they had a different movie last year with one of the Winona Earp actresses whose last name I just forgot. Dominique, I think, is her oh, name. Chocolate. Yeah. And she's in it. Um, and so Our long-term
1: film- listeners, um, like if you followed us through Clexicon and everything, they've normally been a really big sponsor of Klexicon. So if y'all have been to Clexicon, you probably know them from there too. They kind of help host that film festival that's at that con every year. So um, they also had uh, Riley Para series from John Cannon as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So they've
1: been in the uh, WLW game for several years now creating content. Yeah, so last
0: year's movie was like an ensemble film and this year, I should probably say the name, sorry y'all, Season of Love, which is super cute. It's like Love Actually, but not cursed and haram um, from the last time that I read the Wikipedia for Love Actually, having not actually seen it. Anyways, this one is called I Hate New Year's. So this is a perfect holiday film for those of you who are like, wow, Christmas is not it for me or don't want to find a movie from Hallmark or whatnot. And the whole premise is, Girl who is a musician, played by Dia Frampton in real life, Lane, she is struggling with, again, there's always writer's block happening. And her agent is like, get the, no, like, you need to not have writer's block. I need you to give me some music. Because, of course, at the end of the year, that's when all the deadlines are. I don't even know if that's realistic. I feel like for the holidays, everything shuts down. But that's neither here nor there. And she finds... (laughs) She gets an appointment with a psychic who happens to be the beautiful, wonderful, super talented Candace Kane who tells her that she needs to go back home, like to her roots and figure out something with someone named C with the letter C. And of course, of course, that happens to be in her mind, her ex-girlfriend, Carolyn. But her best friend's name is Cassie. So, of course, any of you who have watched a movie ever in your life know exactly where this is going. And then the rest of the film follows Cassie and Lane running around Nashville trying to find Carolyn. And then finally, Lane realizing, oh, snap. This whole time, I have actually been in love with my best friend, too. It's super cute and super wholesome. And keep your eyes out on the site next week because we might have a surprise related to this. And... You should watch this film because it's really adorable. And I do want to say um, for
1: those of you who who aren't familiar with Tello, that's a streaming site, so you can actually subscribe to them. I think they've got a limited time offer right now of like twelve months for five dollars a month. Um, So if you do want to go, they have other films on there as well, not just like from Mm -hmm. Tello, but they have quite a few films on their streaming service. And I believe they do have a limited time offer right now of like uh, twelve months for five dollars and then an annual subscription for about $60 a year. So if you are just wanting like exclusively more queer flavored content, as opposed to like (laughs) the traditional, um, hetero. I'm sorry, I'm laughing at
0: your use of the word flavor because like food.
1: (laughs) Well, option, you must you must be ready for dinner anyways uh (laughs) you know the more hetero options that we've talked about on the other streaming channels this one is like specifically um queer focused especially with uh, queer women so you could go to telefilms.com to check them out
0: yeah and we'll have the trailer and all of the good details in the link below i feel like i'm on youtube check out my subscription box finally For those of you who have listened this whole time, thank you. This was our holiday gift to you all. Breaking Fast, which is as adorable as it sounds. It's literally about a Muslim man who breaks up with his boyfriend and then is sad and lonely, but then finds a new man who breaks fast with him during the end of Ramadan every day, during Ramadan. And it's not out yet, because why would I get that lucky? But it will be out (laughs) in January, according to a hint from the director. So I'm sure we'll be talking about that at length because it's us. And to end this episode, just a brief brief, Corey, what would be your perfect Ramadan me cute movie moment?
1: go like what I would like to see or what one yes. exists because there's not a lot that exists right now I
0: don't think any exists, so you have to make one up on the spot at Hallmark. If you use this idea, you better give us some money.
1: Because- I think for me, it would be <laughs> like during Ramadan, you would have um a queer muslim revert lady who really doesn't have any families to go to to break fast with Mm -hmm. um you know just kind of meeting like maybe she's home visiting or something or visiting her family and like they just do a meet cute after masjid when they're walking out the door like they run into each other or something and she's just like oh well you could come over uh my family blah 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 and you just see some cultural clashes
0: that's adorable
1: like a rom-com of just cultural clashes of you have a revert who is very reverty and (laughs) in certain areas is way more observant because you're a revert and that's just a thing you do (laughs) because it's brand new and it's fresh and it's in your mind and you have people who are you know born and raised muslim are like why are they so uptight and just wait like a lot of comedy through there. And then they just kind of like catch feelings for each other. I think that's what I'd like to see.
0: Okay. I have to add to that because honestly it's better than my idea. And I'm not even going to tell you what my idea was because my idea was like, great. I really need this film to happen because there needs to be a scene where she wakes up early and on time to eat. And it's like, in the kitchen where like this other woman has like it like brought her home right because she's like you can stay with us for like a weekend for ramadan whatever and she's like waking up early and like making noise in the kitchen and someone comes stumbling down it's like why are you making noise and she's like it's sahar time like we need to eat and sahari which is where my name comes from actually in the morning anyways um and then the other characters like family members is like yeah we literally just shoved our like shoved food down our throat like seven hours ago when we went to bed but sure, here's what we have in the house. And it's really awkward and hilarious because that is what happens. Sometimes you wake up on time and have a lovely meal. And sometimes you wake up five minutes before the alarm to pray goes off. And you're like, oh Lord, oh Allah. And you drink all the water you have on your nightstand and you eat some peanuts and dates and hope for the best because just that's just how life is. I mean, so I now, do think I if you're would be a revert
1: <laughs> and it's your first few Ramadans, like you are far more aware of like the hunger. <laughs> aspect yeah. and you are like precision timing with your eating schedule and yeah. I could totally see that happening it's like it's time to eat it's time to eat I can't eat after this have to eat now <laughs> or like she's getting ready to like I'm gonna go for an IHOP run I thought you guys went for IHOP runs I'm going yes! for an IHOP run
0: <laughs> you know that's really funny that you brought up IHOP I have actually never in my life been on an IHOP uh sahari party but I I have friends on my masjid that- back home who absolutely have and like they'll post insta photos and i'm like i'm not putting my real clothes on to leave the house in general i'm definitely not putting on clothes to leave the house for pancakes no matter how good they are but that would be really cute because of course then they could do homemade pancakes uh see now i'm just imagining this movie that we're not gonna ever see but again if anyone is listening to us listen to movies give us some money for this really cool idea because it'd be really (laughs) cute and i said 2036 ramadan is happening in the winter time so it's the perfect time to do the holiday film
1: assuming we're still here
0: (laughs) yes but for those of you who just celebrate any of the winter holidays happy hanukkah merry christmas happy new year's happy everything we hope that you are all staying safe things are clearly chaotic in the world but the vaccination brings us good news fingers crossed hopefully still wear a mask and social distance though yes And thank you for listening to us all of this. And last year, this is two years now of That's From, which is so exciting to me personally, because I never thought that anyone would want to listen to me for free talk about the chaotic things that I talk about. And for sitting through almost, what, 24 hours of, of just wonderful, entertaining content. I speak too highly of myself. But seriously, we really appreciate all of our listeners all over the world. You know where to contact us to give us more topics, what you want to see in the next year. If there's shows, books, media, whatever that you've come across that have Muslim characters that you want us to talk about. I do this every time, but really we are here and waiting for your interest.
1: And we have done episodes on them before. So it's not like we're not just like, oh, okay, that's nice. We got a comment. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) Also, don't forget to check out our other shows on the Fandamentals Network. We have <clears throat> Unabashed Book Snobbery, The Fundamentalists. Obviously, that's Haram. We also have Ladies First, Sartorial Splendor, Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics, and we also have a weekly um, role-playing live play called Fae Forge Academy. They're a great group of people. Uh, they're every Friday that you can listen to them as well. So we have plenty of things to listen to. And also listen to our our show. Yes. Thank you. Have a wonderful end of the year. We will,
0: quote, see you next year. Bye. Bye